0: How would you like to finally discover your purpose and your passion? Well, I can't guarantee that on this next episode, but what I can guarantee is to present you with a shining example of what that looks like. Join me as I sit down with Dr. Bruce Main, the founder of Urban Promise. Urban Promise started as an outreach for the youth in Camden, teaching them a myriad of skills, including boat building. This has formed Dr. Bruce Main's legacy that is now global, serving youth throughout the world. Don't miss this, join me right now on the other side as we get into the details of this incredible story that has left a lasting legacy and continues to do so. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome, everyone. This is Austin. This is Flashpoint. Your turnaround story starts right here. I... I'm very excited about today's interview, and I know this is going to serve you at a, at a very high level when you hear this story. I consider this a legacy interview, if you will, because this is somebody who's been at this for a very, very long time. But before we get into the interview, I want to share with you the what we highlight is the hourglass during the Flashpoint segment. And the reason why we do this is because you just clicked on this and we want you to get value out of this interview of the exchange that's going to happen today. And this is a reminder that the only place we can be is right here. We can't be too much into the future worrying about the next thing, and we can't go backwards. We can only be right here. So as we get into this interview, I want to invite you to take a breath and sit with us during this interview. So let me get into this special individual that you're going to meet today. All right. I want, I'm going to be bringing on Dr. Bruce Maine here in a minute, the founder of urban promise. But before I do, I, w- I want to lay some context here for those of you that, that don't know, Dr. Maine, he has got an incredible background. He founded urban promise in the basement, a dark basement in East Camden 33 years ago with a vision to help local youth to get them off the dangerous streets, to provide a safe, fun place for education. He's been the executive director since the inception. He received his doctorate degree from Princeton Theological Seminary. He's an adjunct professor at Eastern University. And he was actually highlighted on Diane Sawyer's 2020 special, Waiting on the World to Change. He speaks nationally and internationally to mission conferences and colleges around the world. He's the author of three books and get this most recently, you're going to love this title. Why Jesus crossed the road, learning to follow the unconventional travel itinerary of a first century carpenter and his ragtag group of friends as they hop fences, cross borders and generally go where most people don't. How's that for a title? Not to mention, he's just an all-around humble, humble, great guy. Let, let's get into this story and, and hear more about this incredible man. Dr. Bruce Main, welcome to Flashpoint.
1: Austin, it's great to be with you. Thanks thanks so much for the invitation. Really good.
0: Yes. I've been looking forward to this and just not only to hear the story, but to have some great conversation with you. I want to jump right into it, if you will, because I know people want to hear your story, I'd like to go back in time, if you will. Let, let's go back in, in. Maybe we can go back through the, the lens of time into your story, because what I found was, was amazing that you you had this vision and maybe you could talk about that at, at twenty five. You're in East Camden and you're, you're following this mission. I would love for you to talk about your story back then and how all this came together.
1: Sure. I, you know, I don't know how far you want to go back, but uh, <laughs> I, I I started actually I, I was born in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, after high school, I wanted to be a stockbroker. And uh, so I uh, w- went, went into that right, right out of high school. I was a, I was a day trader uh, at the Vancouver Stock Exchange and, uh, you know, made a little money, then lost a bunch of money and uh, decided, hey, I better go to college. And uh, so I ended up going to a, a college uh, in Southern California. And uh, I I bumped into a a gentleman there that that taught at Eastern University, University of Pennsylvania, uh, a guy named Dr. Tony Campolo. And uh, Tony recruited me to come run a summer camp uh, in Camden, New Jersey. And uh, that, you know, sort of that that was the beginning of this story. I was you know, I was a junior in college and, uh, you know, I came back and ran a program and just saw the need uh, for, you know, vibrant, creative, structured programs for young people uh, in the city.
0: It's interesting. How did you end up in Camden, uh, just from the inv- invitation of, of Dr. Tony Compolo? Yeah, well, t- yeah, Tony
1: had a nephew uh, who was pastoring a little Baptist church, uh, and uh, they wanted to do a summer camp program. They were looking for a director, And uh, I'd never been to the East Coast. Uh, I remember landing in Philadelphia, got a ride over to Camden, got dropped off in East Camden (laughs) and, uh, you know, started this program. And, you know, I I just remember, Austin, you know, we we didn't really know what we were doing. We were a bunch of college kids. And uh, but we sort of opened the doors of a church and we had 150 kids show up and, uh, you, you know, just realized that one of the issues confronting young people in the city is you know they've got two months, two and a half months off during you know during the school year, and they're they're not going to the Jersey Shore, they're not going to summer camp, they're you know, and so right. opportunity is limited, and and that's that's the kind of need that we tried to speak into and address. Now, 150—that's a
0: lot, right—to show up at, at the first one that you did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I was going to say, did you see or feel the need or the call right away? Or was it like, let's just serve right now and see what happens? Or did you kind of feel this bigger
1: vision? No, you know, I never, you know, people ask me that a lot, you know, like, you know, did you have this big vision? And, and it really, it was really more about like being in the moment, like, okay, you know, I'm, I forget how old I was, you know, like you're, you're in your mid twenties, early twenties. And, and it's like, all these kids are showing up, let's create a great program. And, uh, you know, and and when you're running a camp in the city, I mean, you're just, you know, you're scheduling trips with buses and you're, you know, lunch and breakfast and trying to put a good skid on and making sure there's arts and crafts supplies. And so, you know, there was it was more just, okay, let's create the best program possible. But what began to happen is, is, you know, from that, you know, you began to see, well, gee, we're running this in East Camden we could really use this in North Camden and we could really use this in South Camden. And it just began to grow somewhat organically.
0: Yes, and I wanna I, I commend you because this is global now and maybe we'll get into that before the end of the interview, but this is a global operation thanks to your, your continuing with this. I love the way you said you were, you were, it's like you were serving in the moment. Yeah. You were sowing seed, so, uh, plant, doing this in the moment. And then I guess as you move forward, it started to evolve.
1: Yeah, well, you know, people started to notice, you know, and and that's what happened in Camden. It's, uh, you know, you're running this program in one part of the city, and and word, you know, spreads around, and so we started getting some calls from, from pastors, uh, you know, in other parts of the city that you know were struggling uh, to reach the community, and they, you know, they said, hey, if if we open our doors, could you guys, you know, could you start a program here? And so before long, we had you know, uh, we had three or four programs going around the city and then, you know, and then people from other cities began to notice. And so I got a call from a guy from Wilmington and, uh, you know, a, a call from a guy in Toronto and, and, uh, you know, Trenton. and And so, you know, it's, it's sort of that idea that, you know, success begets success. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't so much this idea, well, let's, let's become this worldwide organization. It's, it's like, let's let's do something really quality. And I think when you do that, people notice and word spreads and they say, you know, we, we need this uh, in our community as well. Yeah, and I want to grab a couple
0: of things before we, before we move on. And uh, I got some comments coming in. So excited to hear your story. Be in the moment. Love it, love it. And uh, like the hourglass, be in the moment, right? I want to get back to this. Like you had this. And, and by the way, I didn't know you. I must have forgot you were from Canada. I have a lot of friends from Canada, and I, I love that that you're from Canada. You ended up here. It's interesting the way the way things turn. But you you have this drive to make a lot of money, right? You're in the in the stock exchange, and then you end up in Southern California. I'm wondering, like, was there some kind of epiphany for you? Because typically, you know, and not to stereotype, but if you're money motivated, here you are wanting to make a lot of money, and now you're in, in Camden here doing doing this like work of the heart where it, it can't be, I mean, it's really not money's not the driving force, although you need a lot of it to continue and sustain. Right. Sure. So if you talk about that. I would, I would love to hear that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when I was working at the stock exchange, you know, I, I mean, I was young and this is, this is in the days before trading was all automated. So, you know, you, you'd actually literally have to memorize all the symbols on the board. You know, you'd get in at 5am, you'd take the orders, you'd go out, and, you know, this is before smoking regulations. So everybody on the floor is smoking. There's like this, you know, and it's just this, you know, and, and I realized like after a little bit, I looked around and I don't think there's anybody over 30 on the on the floor. You know, it's just a young, a young person's sport. And then, you know, losing some money, realizing the volatility of it. And but I, I think I think, Austin, when I went to college, that's when I really began to sort of reflect on my life and. You know what I what I wanted my life to be about, and uh, and I think it was you know through sort of some of those initial opportunities to serve that I I was able to see hey there's a bigger world out here, and you know you got kids like in Camden you know you got a city of eighty thousand people forty thousand kids you know I, you know at that time you know you had a fifty percent dropout rate in your public schools you know, less than 10% of the kids were going to college. So it was like, man, you, you know, and, and, you know, I think my faith at that point was maturing too. And it was like, you know, I, I need to sort of, you know, put my faith into action. And, uh, yeah. and that's, you know, that's what got me kind of to take that first step. And then, uh, you know, when I took that first step, it was like, I, I can't really turn back at this point.
0: Yeah. it's a cowbell moment. Now, <laughs> to, to highlight
1: the, these great moments, was, uh, would you say that Tony was a, a mentor for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know whether you know Tony, but he's, he's uh, you know, ex- extremely inspiring. And, and again, he came and spoke at my college and we started to uh, dialogue. And, and uh, you know, one of Tony's great gifts was, I think, mobilizing young people to, you know, really put their faith into action and not just talk about it, but actually you know, address some of these, you know, big issues that are confronting our world. And, you know, to a to a 22 year old, that was that was really appealing. And, yeah. you know, it was a message that I'd never really heard before. And so, uh, again, you know, the opportunity to serve in Camden and, you know, Camden in the, uh, you know, mid 80s was probably at its lowest point. And, you know, tough city, tough place for kids to grow up. And, uh, you know, again, just realize that that you know, like churches were fleeing the city. Uh, you know, the tax base had eroded. Right. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity for young people. So, you know, really out of a commitment sort of to justice and to, you know, affirming the dignity of these young people, like we we needed to be there. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I just want to highlight, did you co-author a book with Tony? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Back. uh, I think it was called Revolution and Renewal, how churches are saving the city. And, I, I, you know, Tony's premise was, you know, that the church is, a, you know, in a lot of these urban communities, like, you know, the church is one of the few institutions that's kind of survived, you know, jobs left, uh, you know, rotary clubs, civic groups. And yet you've got these churches that are sort of in these communities. And a lot of them, you know, had closed their doors, uh, and uh, we, we tried to reopen them and, you know, help them become a vital part of the community again.
0: That, do you, do you, that is a really difficult time that you're talking about, Bruce. I'm wondering, do you remember some early adversity that you, you had to face head-on and make some tough decisions? Uh...
1: Yeah, well... Probably a lot of them, right? Which way you want to start? Yeah. Well, you know, like everybody talks about making a difference and you know, when you're trying to start something, uh, you know, people are kind of like watching and saying, Okay, is this guy for real or is this group for real? And yes. You know, we, we start I don't know what you read, but you know, we start our first year, our budget was twelve thousand dollars. I mean that that included, you know, gas money and my salary and and you know, so it was like it was hard at the beginning to get people to believe, um, you know, that, that something could really evolve. And, uh, and so, you know, that, that was certainly a challenge in the early days is just finding, you know, finding people that would work for nothing, uh, and
0: work for mission.
1: Know, yeah. Work for mission. <laughs> for and, 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 you know, really tap into sort of that, that deeper sense of purpose and, and faith in people's lives. And so, uh, you know, so the, the you know, the, the early years were some of the most challenging, but then, you know, once you got something going and people could come and visit and they could talk to the kids whose lives were being changed, it was like, oh, this is real and this needs to be supported and these guys are running, you know, they're running a lean budget and, you know, my dollar is going to go a long way. And so sort of once we won, you know, won that trust, you know, things began to turn a little bit. Yes,
0: and uh, I was reading that you've, you've had over... 1600 interns to this point
1: yeah so yeah especially in the early days you know what one of the one of the things we did is we we recruited college students almost like a Peace Corps kind of experience and so yeah. you know during the summer I would be hosting you know 80 90 college students from all over the world uh, we'd be housing them in different locations around the city but Austin the operative word is that they they would work for free and, uh, uh, yeah you know, and they had a lot, you know, idealism is high and, and, you know, and these were young people that again, really wanted to make a difference and wanted to love kids. And, and, uh, and those were some exciting years.
0: Yeah. Let's do this. I want to take a break. I want to share a video about kind of what's happening with urban promise today. And, and then we're going to share maybe what your what the vision you may have today. And also I want to grab maybe something, get people to get, uh, maybe a fun hobby that you and your family have, or, or you, maybe we get some new information from you today to share. How's that?
1: Yeah, sounds Great. good.
0: All right, let me share this video with you right now.
1: So this is Urban Promise. We started 33 years ago. We are focused on children and teens in the city here. And uh, we do after-school programs, summer camps. We're the largest private employer of teens in the city. A Couple of alternative schools. We build boats, we do we do everything with kids. We're in East Camden, uh, right on the corner of 36 and Federal Street, and this is sort of our campus, our main hub in the city of Camden. 33 years ago when we started, there really wasn't a lot for young people to do in the city, and especially during the summer months after school, hours. So we really wanted to focus on those out of school hours, get kids off the streets and into programs that would challenge them academically, socially, spiritually, and and really have a focus of leadership. And we have this sort of K to college vision for our young people. So you'll meet kids around here at Urban Promise and they'll have been here for 15, 16 years and they've kind of grown up here.
0: Bruce, I really like that little clip there. And the one thing that struck me is when you said we build boats, I thought well, that just speaks to the diversity of, of what you do and your willingness to bring in new things.
1: Well, you, you know, one of the things that I, I love, you know, again, it, it's tapping into, uh, you know, just the entrepreneurial spirit of, of people. And, and that's, you know, I, I, to me, that's always exciting as sort of as a leader, creating space for people to bring their gifts and to really use them. And I had a guy, uh, a guy named Jim Cummings, great guy. He, he had a small carpet cleaning business in, uh, in South Jersey and uh, approached me one day after a church service and said, hey, you know, you think kids in your program would be interested in going canoeing once a month? And so uh, I said, sure. So he started this little outdoor club. You know, he'd meet with a small group of kids Friday afternoon. And he, he did this for a couple of years. And then one day we're sitting down at Dunkin' Donuts on Route 130 and he said, you know, this, this program could really go to another level. And I said, you know, Jim, it sure could. And he said, yeah, I don't know what to do. And I said, Jim, I think you got to sell your business and jump in with both feet. And uh, he kind of sh- looked at me with this shocked look. And uh, he goes home that night, tells his wife, Rayanne. He says, Rayanne, you wouldn't believe what Bruce said today. He said he thinks I should sell the business and, uh, you know, join Urban Promise full time. And, uh, and she looked at him and she said, yeah, Jim. I think you should do that. And, uh, and oh. that was the beginning. And, and, and I got uh, chills. I got chills. Yeah. And, you know, Austin, what was so neat is, you know, Jim started by taking kids, you know, you know, outdoors canoeing. And then, you know, one day he comes into my office and says, Hey, you know, like, uh, I'd like to build boats with kids. And I said, Jim, you know, do you know how to build boats? And he said, well, no, I said, well, you should probably go recruit some people that have had some experience. So he goes out, he finds a lawyer, a respiratory therapist (laughs) and an accountant. And they they in this little church, abandoned church in in South Camden, they build these three rowboats. And that was the beginning of our boat building program. And now we've got, uh, you know, 25, 30 volunteers it's a, it's, it's a, it's a program that's completely uh, done by volunteers and, and, um, you know, they built these beautiful wooden kayaks and canoes and then the kids, you know, they, they wanted to take them on the water. And so they started paddling, you know, the, uh, the tidal pools of the Cooper and they started realizing that the water was, some of the water was contaminated. So they started testing it and uh, sort of this whole ecological kind of thing developed out of it. So It's, it's, it's how things work at Urban Promise.
0: Well, it's interesting. I'm thinking about Noah, like go build a boat. (laughs) I don't know how to build a boat.
1: But you know what else I wanted to highlight
0: is, what's interesting is this, this really speaks to the book you, you, uh, one of the books you wrote, which was Spotting the Sacred, Noticing God in the Most Unlikely Places.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think this story that you shared really speaks to that, that book that you wrote as well.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I guess in that book, you know, I, I was, um, I was challenged by my Jesuit friends, uh, in, in North Camden. Uh, you know, I was, a I was raised Baptist and, you know, uh, so I, I've, you know, been learning a lot, but, you know, it's sort of this idea that, you know, you find expressions of God and the brokenness and, you know, it's, it's really about the lens you look at, uh, life through and, and experiences through. And, and I, that's, that's been a very, you know, helpful kind of paradigm shift for me. You know, it's, I think a lot of people look at communities like Camden or, you know, what I would call under-resourced communities and they all, they only see the negative. And, you know, when you can begin to shift that, you know, that, that worldview that, you know, and you begin to see the possibility and the hope yes. and the opportunity, man, that, that's a, that, that was a big shift for me.
0: Yes. And I think I had the opportunity to be at one of the functions. Uh, and by the way, I want to give a shout out to Chip Chapman for setting up this interview. Yeah, so Chip, I know you're listening. we we're, we appreciate this. But I wanted to highlight that when I was had the opportunity to visit your, your location, is that the culture you create like everything you're talking about? It carries through to the people. And that's why I feel my feeling was people were so passionate about the mission because of what you created. And I love that because I, I believe in that so much. And that's what I work really hard to do is to create that, that space to create that environment where people feel confident to show up with their gifts and give their gifts. And I, and I think I, I witnessed that when I was, had the opportunity to be at your facility.
1: Yeah. You know, I remember, I think probably one of the greatest compliments I ever got was from a friend of mine. She teaches up at Princeton seminary. And she came down one day for a tour and she, you know, we toured around and we're in my office afterwards. And she said, you know, Bruce, uh, there is a culture of permission here. And I thought, that's a great line, you know. And, uh, you know, this idea that people feel like they have permission to, to take chances, to risk, to explore, to create, to innovate. And, um, yeah, and that's that's really what's happened over the years is like, you know, there's no manual for this. Right, Austin. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you just you experiment, you fail, you know, you, you learn from that and you try something new. And, you know, I mean, you know, we tried boats and it worked. Uh, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with this show. I mean, people see the show, they think it's a it's so many things that can go wrong. And, you know, right. All- And it takes a lot of work and and it's just being able to create that space for people to be able to show up and and be okay with making a mistake and and to me that's leadership and that's what what you bring and is this amazing uh humility yet uh, leadership that gives people the permission and the encouragement to do it so i I applaud you for that
1: yeah you know and in the end of the day you know like programs at least in my experience, don't really change people. You know, people change people. And and that's, you know, programs are a vehicle in which we reach young people. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's really these relationships that, um, you know, when I talk to kids that have been out of Urban Promise for 15, 20 years, and I, I you know, I say, uh, you know, what, what do you remember? What was, you know, what was the highlight for you? You know, it's seldom the trips or the curriculum it's yeah. it's often you know people uh specific people that they remember
0: it's so true it is it's the people interacting with people that make that make the difference and you've created an incredible environment for that to happen let's talk uh, we got we got about maybe what five, uh, six, five six minutes left i want to talk about th- this is global now this is exciting you're in uh, toronto canada you're in different parts of the world. Maybe we could speak to that. And then just talk about what do you see moving forward for urban promise and, and
1: Bruce main? Yeah. So, so great question. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in 29 locations now around the world. Uh, and again, our philosophy has been like, we don't have a strategic plan to say, Hey, we want to be in Detroit or we want to be in Lansing, Michigan. Um, you know, we, we really, our model has been people come to us and say, you know, we, we need this in our community. And usually, you know, sort of the deal breaker for me is, is there that leader, that, that entrepreneur, that person that sort of embodies the the values that we, you know, that wants to take that leap of faith. And if we find that, then we, you know, then it's like, well, how do you, how do you not get behind that? And so, You know, for example, uh, you know, 13 years ago, I'm sitting in my office in East Camden and uh, knock on the door. I look up. There's this young man. I find out he's from Malawi, Africa. You know, at that point, Austin, you know, I couldn't have found Malawi. You know, I probably would have thought it was one of the Hawaiian islands. And uh, he says, you know, I'm 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 here to do my internship. And I said, well. You know, usually people apply, <laughs> you know, and uh, he talked to somebody in South Africa. They said, come see Bruce in New Jersey. He got through the border. And uh, anyway, long story short, you know, six months into his internship, he uh, he comes he comes back into my office and says, you know, we need this in Malawi. And uh, I said, well, put together a little proposal. He comes back. We raise a little money. He goes back to Malawi. He starts uh, an NGO in Malawi called uh, Youth Care, and um, you know, a, a year later, I go over there to check out what he's doing. He's he's got a little orphanage for kids. He's running after school programs. But here's the thing that that really was the game changer. I, I went to the college that he graduated from, and I'm talking to one of the faculty members afterwards, and she said, "You know, Bruce, sometimes I just want to quit my job, start my own NGO." And I said, "Why?" She said, "Well." You know, 80 percent of the population, you know, there's no jobs uh, in Malawi. Most of the kids that graduate from college here won't go, you know, into the into the field that they're trained to go into. So I said, well, you know what? Why don't you identify six or seven of your graduating seniors and uh, we'll raise a little money. We'll bring them to the U.S. We'll inspire them, train them and then, you know, see what happens. And uh, we brought that first cohort of leaders over. And uh, out of those six, four went back and started uh, three new NGOs. And, you know, that really became the moment where it's like, this is what we need to do. We need to find leaders, young leaders, emerging leaders from around the world, yeah. bring them to Camden, New Jersey, let them, you know, let them see a living, breathing NGO with all its warts. And then we, we need to inspire these young people and then get some resources in their hands So they can go back and create these kinds of programs because you know i mean there's kids all over the world that just need opportunity
0: jason says tell me when and where (laughs) (laughs) this is great uh we got a couple minutes what tell me something about you that that's unique fun like uh, do you do something fun with you and your family a yearly trip do you go on do you fish do you just play yeah what do you what do you do
1: well so so our kids are like you know they're in their upper 20s now so you know, they're kind of at that stage where they're, you know, figuring life out, but they're, they're great young people. I've got two living in Los Angeles, one living in Vancouver. So they're a little bit, a little bit of a distance from us, but, uh, you know, we, we love to travel as a family, you know, when we can. And, uh, you you know, when the kids were younger, we used to do like some home exchanges, uh, and, you know, and just go to another country and, you know, hang out and, learn about the culture and and uh and and i think it was was a really a positive experience for our family you know even though we didn't have any money you know you just sort of figured it out and did it and um you know those were great experiences and i think you know it really lit a a kind of a fire in our kids to continue to explore and be curious about the world
0: bruce this has been great i I really enjoyed our time together today and i i wish we had a whole nother 30 minutes to hear more of your stories because i know you have a lot of them but Maybe we'll have you back again. Any final comment before we say goodbye for the day?
1: Yeah, just no th- this is uh, this has been great and and again, you know, I, I, Margaret Mead, I think, once said, you know, uh, something about you know what what changes the world it's It's a small group of committed people it's and it's always been Love that way. and right. you know I just 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 encourage people to get out there, get involved and um, and make a difference.
0: Bruce, thank you so much. Very well said. Great note to end on. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for Flashpoint Friday. This is Dr. Bruce Maine, the founder of Urban Promise. Feel free to connect with me if you want to learn more about the organization or just just connect, connect, connect. Have a great Friday, everyone. Bye bye.